We are going to get right into the sermon today. I'm excited to speak to you. We are continuing our series on John in the lead up to Easter. And who knows where this is going to lead us? Um, who knows how long quarantine is going to last? We are taking it day by day, week by week. And um, hopefully you're good. And it's amazing to be online today, isn't it, together, sharing this experience. Um, and we believe that God is still here. We believe that church, we're still doing church today because we are the church. And Holy Spirit is in your room. He's in this room. And uh, he's going to speak to all of us today. So we are going to read from the Bible today, God's story. We're going to start with John 18. Last week, we were in John 17. Now Jesus has been arrested. Um, he's been betrayed by uh, Judas. Uh, this, the Sanhedrin now have him on lockdown. Um, maybe how you might feel under house arrest. And um, basically, they have put him into the courtroom of Pontius Pilate. They want to get him crucified by the Romans. They've had enough of this Jesus. And so they want him rid of. And so we're picking up this scripture in John 18. Now, if you look on the sidebar, just to the right-hand side of where you are, you'll see a Bible uh, tab. If you click on that, then you can follow along with me as we read the scripture. It's not going to be a long reading today, but you can follow along anyway. I'm reading from the New King James uh, today because of a specific word that it uses. And so why don't you pick it up with me? Um, we are going to pick it up in verse 31. So the Jews are trying to get Pilate to, 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 uh, to accuse him, basically, and to um, sentence him to death. And Pilate said to them, you take him and you judge him according to your law. Therefore, the Jews said to him, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you out to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight, so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you then a king? Jesus answered, You say rightly, that I am a king. For this cause, I love that scripture, for this cause, and I want to punctuate that, that phrase right there, because that is what we're landing on, that's what we're talking about today. For this cause, I was born, and for this cause, I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he said this to him, he went out to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in this man. Last week we talked about the prayer of Jesus. And this week in the lead up to Easter, 
we're talking about the purpose of Jesus. We're talking about purpose. Mark Twain was once quoted as saying, the two most important days of your life are the day that you were born and the day that you find out why. Have you noticed that the, the quest or the search for purpose has puzzled people for thousands of years? Uh, people will go to all sorts of lengths, have you noticed, to, to discover, to try and find, to try and search out purpose, um, but for short time and time and time again. Now, it's typically, I don't know if you've noticed this, but, but it's typically because it's we begin at the wrong starting point. Have you noticed that we often um, ask self-centered questions around purpose? We ask questions like, what do I want to do with my life? What do I want to be? What are my dreams? What are my goals? What are my ambitions? What are my plans for the future? What is, what is my purpose? However, by focusing on, on ourselves, we'll ultimately never discover true purpose. Have you ever had this experience before? You've been around the Christmas tree or, or at a birthday party and someone has given you a gift and upon unwrapping it, you thought, oh, wow, you've given the obligatory. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's amazing. This is, this is really nice. But what is it? You've had to go back to the person who gave it to you to ask them the purpose of the gift. Now, the same is true with life. If we didn't create ourselves, then how do we know what we were created for? This question, the why of life, the purpose behind life, the cause of life, sits with God. Ultimately, we will never discover life's purpose by beginning with ourselves. In the quest, in the search, in the finding of purpose, we must begin with God. Because life began with God. He is the starting point. Now, when we when we turn to God, when we when we choose to start with Him, we discover that there can be purpose found in His Word. And I want to begin with 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 this phrase that Jesus mentioned. He says, "For this cause I have come into the world." Romans chapter 8 in the message version puts it like this. I want to read this to you. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. Now listen to this. The son stands first in the line of humanity he restored. We see the original and the intended shape of our lives there in him. We firstly need to understand when we look at the Bible, when we discover purpose from what God has got to say, we firstly discover that we were created for Christ-likeness. You were created for Christ-likeness. The Son stands first in the line of humanity he restored we see the original and the intended shape of our lives there in him. From the beginning, uh, God made his intentions clear, didn't he? If we read in Genesis chapter 126, 
he declared that man and woman was created in his image. And it's in that image that we see this original design for humanity. However, that design was distorted and damaged by sin. And it's only in Jesus that we see what God's intended image for what humanity ultimately looks like. Here's what you need to know today. The ultimate purpose of our lives is to look more and more like Jesus. Now, if this is true, how do we look more and more like Jesus? I remember um, I had a good friend of mine a few years ago, and uh, when I was spending a lot of time with him, he had this one mannerism that he would do with his mouth. It was something like he would pert his lips almost, um, and, and it was quite a peculiar kind of kind of expression. And I remember because I was spending so much time with him, I almost started to imitate him by pursing my lips at certain times. I was like, what am I doing? I don't purse my lips like that, but I'm but I'd spent so much time with him that I began to imitate him and imitate his, his expressions. I think the same can be said for our walk with Jesus. You know, when we spend time with him, we become more like him. We, we imitate him. The author of Hebrews in chapter 12, verses 2, teaches us to fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And in the same way that I spent time with my friend, when we spend time with Jesus, our lives look more and more like his. And I think this is a great opportunity in quarantine, you know, to spend more and more time with Jesus so that ultimately we look more like Jesus. Um, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, this is the message again. Um, this is how it says it. Take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately produces his character in you. As we become more and more like Christ, we take on more of his nature. We take on more of his conduct. God produces more of his character in us, and it leads to a life defined by two things. And you can write this down even if you're taking notes this morning. Firstly, and these two things are, are relevant for quarantine, even when we find ourselves stuck in our houses. So number one, firstly, made for mission. You were made for mission. At 12, Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. And 21 years later, standing before Pontius Pilate, he declares to him, for this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world. And just a few hours later, hanging on a cross, breathing his last breath, he declares triumphantly, it is finished. Like two bookends, these statements frame a purpose driven life for Jesus. It's not hard to see that his whole life was driven by a cause that was much bigger than himself. Do you live for a cause that is bigger than yourself? 
Is there something bigger than just you that is driving your life, regardless of 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 whether you are a banker, a lawyer, uh, you work in a sandwich shop, you, you're a barista, or you're a student, regardless of what you do or where you find yourself in life, I want to encourage you to discover the cause of Christ in your life, to discover something bigger that is driving you, despite where you find yourself geographically and where you find yourself employed. Paul was a tent maker. Peter was a fisherman and Matthew was a tax collector, but they were all driven by a cause that was much bigger than their vocation. Is your life driven by a cause that is much bigger than yourself? Listen to what Jesus prayed as we talked about last week in John 17. In the message translation, it puts it in slightly clearer language for us to understand. He says it like this in verse 18, so it's two-thirds through his prayer. In the same way that you gave me a mission, Jesus speaking in the world, I give them a mission in the world. And like one relay runner passes the baton on to the next, Jesus passes this mission on to us, and it has been passed from generation to generation, from Jesus to his apostles, to the church fathers, from generation throughout the Middle Ages, through from one theologian to the next, all the way to us in our 21st century modern way of living in our lives right here, right now, as I have a mission in the world, so too I give them a mission in this world. That's what Jesus says to you. What is this mission, you might ask? Ultimately, to introduce people into a relationship with God. Our life becomes a continuation of the mission of Jesus. Listen to what Paul says to the Corinthians in chapter 5. He says, Christ changed us from enemies into his friends and gave us the task of making others his friends also. Our message is that God was making all human beings his friends through Christ. God did not keep an account of their sins and he has given us the message which tells us how he makes them his friends. Or in maybe a different translation, it would say he has given us the ministry of reconciliation, of, of bringing people back to God, of, of, of bridging the gap between people who are far from him and saying, hey, come, come and meet with God. So what is our mission field? Has God called us all to be evangelists like Reinhard Bonnke? No, 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 he hasn't, but he has called us all to be soul winners, to continue his mission that he started 2,000 years ago. Our mission field is our day-to-day -day world, and that looks a little bit different to us right now. We're all in quarantine in our day-to-day -day world, but we do have social media. We still are on the phone. This is a great opportunity to tell people about Jesus when the world is being shaken, when the church is being shaken, God is up to something. He is on the move. He is using all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Now is the best and the greatest time to share this message of reconciliation that God is for you and not against you. He is not mad at you. He is mad about you. Firstly, we are made for mission. Secondly, we are shaped 
for service. The second thing that defines us when we become more and more like Christ is that we understand we've been shaped for service. In Matthew chapter 20, a dispute, you might remember the story, a dispute arises amongst his disciples and his disciples are having this um, argument about who is the greatest. And John and James and, and Peter, they're all vying for the seat, you know, on the right hand side um, of Jesus in glory. They all want to be the greatest. And upon hearing this, Jesus says these famous words, even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. From this account, we see that Jesus declares himself to be the servant of humanity. In fact, just a couple of days later, Jesus was get down on his knees, John 13, a subject that we have already covered in this series, and he would wash his disciples' feet, and he would offer them a pattern, love one another as I have loved you, and in this way all men will recognize that you are my disciples. He's like, I didn't come to be served, I didn't come as this fancy Pompey king who, who wanted everyone to bow down to me. No, I came to serve, to lay my life down, to give my life as an offering to all of humanity. In fact, in, in Philippians chapter 2, Paul says that Christ did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped at, but he became obedient to death, even death on a cross, and he did that for you and me. You know, when we understand that ultimately the purpose of life and the cause behind our life is ultimately to become more and more like Jesus as, as, the, as the son who stands first in the line of humanity restored. It leads us to two things, that we are made for mission and we are shaped for service. And what an opportunity we have right now in our current climate of crisis to demonstrate uh, that we are shaped for service. Such a great opportunity to serve people at whatever opportunity we have. Um, so I hope these thoughts, these encouragements really bless you today and hopefully they inspire you today. And I'd love for you to just contemplate where you stand in relation to purpose and cause and what it means for you and, and all of that. And, and what I've shared today, maybe just one thing has struck a chord with you. Why don't you just give that to God and allow him to minister to you right where you're at. Be blessed.